0: Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. We're really excited to bring you today's guest. Angela Lewis is a former pro basketball player, championship winning coach, uh, and author who is incredibly passionate about empowering the lives of young women. Uh, She's got multiple books to her credit, She is a recognized leader. She's won the Robin Roberts Sports Communication Award and the Distinguished Young Professional in Education and Youth Empowerment Award from the Urban League of Metropolitan St. Louis. She's just, I mean, she's the real deal. She speaks all over the country. She's been to Nike Elite Camps, uh, National Youth Summits, all sorts of good stuff. She recently spoke to student-athletes at Florida State University, so big-time college athletes. Um, She was a great college athlete herself. She received a full scholarship to play basketball at St. Louis University, not too far from us. Uh, She scored over 1,000 points while she was there. She picked up 500 rebounds and went on to play professionally in Germany. When she was done playing, she helped the St. Louis Surge win a national championship. That was back in 2014. Her credentials are fantastic. Uh, As a person, she is even better. And The topics we get into in today's conversation are worth writing down. And taking into your life because they're fantastic. We are very excited to welcome Angela Lewis into the Good Athlete Project family.
1: So, I'm from St. Louis and I am someone who really loves inspiring young people and I love using sport, right, to really help young people see what's possible for their life.
2: Mm.
1: I, I was five foot eight inches tall in the fifth grade. Oh, wow. And I was one by the time I was 12. Love. I've been this same height. I'm 37. I've been one since I was 12. <laughs> and, and as you can imagine, I felt pretty uncomfortable in my own skin. And I didn't really feel um, confident by any means. And it wasn't until I started playing basketball, yeah. right? I get on the court, I'm in between the lines, and there are other tall girls but in addition, I was able to find something that I could work at and get better, and I could see myself getting better at. And I was able to get a full athletic scholarship to St. Louis University.
0: Nice.
1: NCAA Division One, and then I played overseas, and I coached college basketball at a bunch of different levels. I even coached my niece's fourth and fifth grade team. Love and so, you know, like you said, I've always... The reason that I got into basketball is because I... My brothers said my height wasn't going to go to waste. But it was fun. Like, playing was fun. I wasn't trying to get a scholarship when I started playing competitively at 12. And competitively means my team was competitive. I wasn't very competitive. Right. There's this thing that happens when you're really tall and young. People expect you to be good. And I was not. No. Not yet, at
0: least. Right.
1: No. No one's good when they first start. And so when I look at these, you know... Tall, gangly girls <laughs> who are young. I, I'm reminded of what that feels like, and I, I understand the power of voice. And so, I publish a number of books for young women and for young people, and I really understand the power of words and the impact that that can have on someone's life. So I'm intentional now about making sure that that I continue to do that.
0: I love that. So I, I'm gonna let's jump off right from there. So the power of words. I, I'm obsessed with that idea the the idea that how you frame an experience is one of the most important determining factors on how that experience went you know was Mm -hmm. a a loss really a loss in that way Um, or or, you know apply that to whatever situation you can think of can you tell us more about that I'm interested in the power of words and I'm gonna give you two this is I'm teeing you up here kind of Uh, the power of words from the perspective of a leader like you Uh, and then I'm I'm also interested in the power of words in the head of a leader like you so like self talk like even your own self talk Mm -hmm. So what you give to others and what you use with yourself.
1: The most affirming human on earth is my mother. Mm. I told you I'm 37. She has never said one negative thing to me in my life. Mm. She used to always, you can do it, you know, you're beautiful. Even, even the times when I didn't believe half of the stuff she was saying, mom has been like incredibly affirming, you know, Mm. go try it. Like, it's okay. I have your back. Like you can, you can do anything you want. You know, the whole reason I started writing books is because my mom started planting seeds, telling me that I needed to write and that I needed to help more young people. And it was impossible to do it one on one, you know, so she has always given me a vision greater than what I thought was possible for myself. And, And so who I am and how I show up is based on what she's given me you know, so then I'm able to go and, and give that out. She's always been honest, you know, she's honest with me, but at the same time, she's still honest and affirming, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a tough balance. Yeah, It is. Yeah, tell us more about that. I think a lot of people, because the desire, I think there's conflicting desires I found, especially um, when, when working with young people, and then we do have to get back, I wanna hear more about your self-talk, but we'll put that on hold for now. <laughs> but, but like, how do you do that? Like what you just said, how are you both honest, and kind because we, we try to put this out mm-hmm. there like it, it, that's possible right and, yeah and to be you know you don't, wanna, you don't want the uh, the the kindness to be fluff and you don't want the honesty to be like tearing people down so where's, sure. where do you find the balance there
1: so um i love oprah <laughs> like so many that, people
0: do. we're in chicago <laughs> right. it's like
1: exactly yeah. it's
0: oprah wow. land
1: And so I I listened to a lot of what she has to say, but I love what she has to say about intention and intentionality. So is what I'm saying, is my intention to be demeaning, condescending, Hmm. and degrading, or is my intention to call you to a higher place? So there's a young lady who I've been working with, with basketball, and we had this conversation before a workout, and her academics are in disarray. She's pretty unorganized. And we didn't even have a workout. I was like, No, we're not doing this. We're going to go to the library. What do you have going on this week? Let's yeah. come up with a plan. Prior the goals that you have, let's prioritize what needs to happen first, and then what do you need to cut out? It's an honest conversation around. So like, good. you will not be able to function as an adult if you can't prioritize and um, self direct your life. Yep. So I didn't tell her like you're lazy. You're no, 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 no. Like you need some tools. Oftentimes, people just need tools to help them get to whatever it is they say they want. And we can have an honest conversation without being condescending and demeaning.
0: I'm so like, I didn't I didn't mean to cue you up for that. That is just I'm inspired because that's so in line with the way that we try to do stuff, too. Seriously. And and we are um, I'm like, it's so refreshing to hear Alex is over here um, with his November mustache, nodding his head as well, Uh, (laughs) because it's like. It's just you're right. I, I all right. I, I'm like overwhelmed, but let me give you this, and I want to because we're we're gonna troubleshoot a lot of stuff for coaches along the way. You you nailed it. Okay, it doesn't matter what your free throw percentage is if your life is in disarray, you know. And and, yep. and it doesn't matter. Like for real, even if it's even if you're just looking from the athletic perspective, say you know you're you're entering a basketball season. And timeline wise, right now we actually are. We're entering basketball season. Um, that a, a kid could have. Just perfect mechanics. Uh, be good at so many of the physical things. Be a good teammate, even you know, be like a genuine mm-hmm. teammate. But if that person is constantly stressed about other stuff going on in their life, that will impact their game. There's no question. So helping he helping the person who will ultimately shoot the basketball sounds like that's what you're you're up to first and foremost.
1: Oh, always. I do this so I help parents through this college recruiting process, right? And the first step is an assessment. Let's assess their physical Mm well-being, their knees, their ankles, their back, their neck. Do they have pain? Let's assess their emotional well-being. How are they doing academically? How are they doing um, in terms of socially? Then what what type of balance do they have? Are they only playing basketball, like five days a week, six days a week, all year round? If so, Mm -hmm. there's the potential for overuse injuries. That's happening a lot. So how do we create some balance for this young person so that their identity isn't completely tied to being an
0: athlete I uh, again it, I feel like okay so this is why the, the whoever's listening to this is going to be like why is he having epiphany after epiphany I literally <laughs> before walking in the room was finishing up an article that we were I, I feel very humbled to have been asked to uh, write an article for some um, U.S. Olympic Committee coaching publication which is awesome. exciting but um, but it's all about what we're talking about right now which, which is um, – and, and I'm trying to like dig into the psychology um, because it sounds so obvious. The three of us right here, we get it immediately. And if you had to stop and think about it, the logic is so clear. And and I'm, part of me is saying, well, then why don't more people use it? And my suspicion is that we sort of live – and I want to hear what you think about this – in a culture of immediate gratification. So instead of going slow and getting all that stuff right and setting a nice bedrock foundation to – to leap from there you know they've got championship in mind or scholarship in mind or i want my kid to be an all-star have you have you run across that have you noticed that
1: yeah definitely it's it's in some ways a win at all cost culture mm-hmm. regardless of the impact that it has on the young people that you're serving and sure. i'm always so impressed with coaches who say let's make sure that these young people have a good experience one they Mm -hmm. actually love the game they like to play we want kids to be 35 still in the gym shooting buckets right we want them to like enjoy that it is a freaking game like they're literally playing games it's a game yeah (laughs) it's a game it's supposed to be a game it's supposed to be enjoyable and there's some things that coaches can help young people learn along the way but but i think we need to take a step back and look at our own egos because a lot of times it's our ego that's involved and we don't want to be the one who lose um when there's so much more to gain if we can help young people know that it takes a while to be good at anything
0: right that's right It, it really does take a while um have you read the book range by david epstein i've brought it up in the last like two or three podcasts but it's been meaningful in my life um do we, I have we, not. We got but I was, We're gonna send you a copy. Can we add that to this? Okay. I'm serious. It, it sounds. It's. It gives real credence to the to everything that you're saying. It's like, um, it, it's helpful for me because I'm always like I said trying to find the words and terminology to share these ideas. And um, one recognition the book makes is that a wide range of abilities at a young age, that's what we should be going for. Mm-hmm. And essentially funnel as we go. So uh, as you get into, your, you mentioned you're 37, as you dig into your professional career, okay, maybe you start to narrow the focus. Like yep. you don't necessarily need to be an expert on neuroscience right now. You you, you start to become an expert on your field, right? Yeah. But but as a, as a youth, you know, you could, you don't know where this is gonna go. So instead of, uh, instead of being like, instead of being focused on having a college scholarship for basketball even at 12, um, the focus could be have fun playing basketball and maybe play another sport and whatever else it might be. Well,
1: what's really disturbing is there's an article that I read um, in Forbes and it talked about the decrease in participation in high school sports. Particularly basketball, girls basketball is one of the highest rates of decrease in, in all sports, which, of course, hurt my heart. Because I'm like the game is so much fun. But when I asked some coaches and players, they mentioned that the a, the rate at which girls are playing and the skill levels are really high early on. Yeah. is it's pretty discouraging for someone who's 12 or 13 to be new to the game and still want to continue that in high school because no one wants to be embarrassed. You don't want to be the person who gets, who who has the um, video on YouTube of you tripping over your feet.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Look, let me let me tell you, I would have been that kid. I tripped all the time. Like, I talked to my friends from high school. My shoes are never tied. I was always, I wear 11 and a half men shoes. Some big feet, man, That's I was funny. always falling.
0: The, uh, there's no doubt I'm, I'm so grateful I'm just like you I'm so grateful there was not camera phones when I first started playing. I don't want that footage anywhere no, no not at all uh, so how do you what's one of your strategies to get that message to parents so like say you're going to work with a young person or you know how, how, do you, how do you get them to say well we don't need the trophy right now we, we need a healthy individual like what sort of language and strategies do you have there
1: I tell them, I do an assessment with your child before we work out every single time. If it's a group, we stand in a group and we literally have a conversation before, we have a conversation afterwards. Mm-hmm. There was one young lady who, she was 10, she's 11 now, and her hip was popping out when she was walking. Like, and so I had a conversation with her dad. I said, here's the situation. Her hip is popping out we need to. she needs to take a break and go get that checked out. And he was open and receptive, but parents know that I love their kids. Sure. Like all these girls are like my little nieces, little cousins, you know, I really, I really value being an auntie mentor and I don't, I don't have children. So I'm really, I love these, I love these young people, man. So parents know that and they're open and receptive to any feedback that I give. Yeah,
0: I love that. Well, and that's, I hope people hear that because there's that old sort of cliche, like, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's, um, you know, we say sometimes that sometimes cliches become cliche for a reason. It's because it's true. You can only push as hard as you pull. So, you, I mean, you just nailed it right there. You, how do you have conversations with parents? Um, honestly, the, maybe the words are secondary. The trust yes. that a parent might have in you, like that if a parent trusts you to do right by their kid, <laughs> Now you can open up the conversation in all sorts of ways, but absolutely, that's really absolutely,
1: yeah. It has to start with love, and parents know that I, there's no ego involved with me. Like I, I don't, I'm not trying to use their kid to get something. You know, I had a hell of a career. Like I'm, I'm good with what I've done in terms of the sport. So I'm not trying to like, you know, get their kid to play in this program or get them to do anything. I'm just there
0: to, to help them. All right. Well, look, so I want to get back to this self-talk. So can you please tell me, uh, I want to hear more about your experience. You just, you just gave us a segue. So you're at, you're a Billiken, right?
1: Absolutely. A
0: Billiken. You're 6'1", playing basketball in college. Uh, What were some of the strategies? And I think we can keep it specific to self-talk at the moment, at least, that you tried to use back then and now that you're trying to give to people.
1: Part of the self-talk that I used back then in college was little notes that I had in my locker that I would read every day before working out. So one of them was a question that I asked is what motivates you? So every day I walk in, it's like, all right, here's why, here's why I'm here. This is why, because I want to be the best player that I possibly can. Here's what motivates you. Another saying or little, little message that I had for myself was no one's going to outwork you. Love it. That was like every day I saw that. Like you're going to be known as the hardest worker. Um, and so my my um, coaches and teammates used to say that I would kind of like transform into this different person <laughs> when I walked in between those lines. So the level of aggressiveness and um, uh, fire that I had really didn't show up in any other area of my life to that extent. Besides that, and of course, there was some songs that would like get me going you, that I would uh, listen.
0: Well, don't don't skim over that. What are some of your pregame or pre-practice playlists? I want to hear that too. Well,
1: Crazy! I just created my pregame. <laughs> this pregame list again last yeah. night from like when I was in college. One of them is um, "Adrenaline Rush" by we, It's Just really, <laughs> it, it's explicit. I want to put that out there. Uh, We'll see
0: that one okay, Adrenaline Rush, I like it. Twista yeah. is Chicago guy too, so. Oh, he
1: is?
0: Yes, he is. Hold we'll on, we're pulling we'll it, it up. As soon the beat hits. Does this sound familiar? Yep, that's
1: it. Okay. <laughs> don't get too
0: hyped up on the podcast here. I
1: was listening to it this morning
0: when I was running. Oh, I love that. It was right, that. This is good. Otherwise, this is going to turn into a different conversation. We're to get too jacked. <laughs> yeah. So, then all right.
1: There was- there's our Motivation by T.I. Come on. Okay. <laughs> That's another good one. We're going to make it. So bonus. self-talk. Self-talk is hard, though. I think we are... The battle with our mind is the toughest battle that we have. Without a doubt. It's not the external forces, right? It's me believing that I'm good enough. It's me hearing the thoughts of they're going to think you're stupid if you say this. Or hmm. second-guessing and doubting. That stuff happens. It's, I literally have to fight against those voices all the time, every single day, without fail, to show up bigger, fuller, more authentic. No question. So I don't think you ever arrive there. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever arrives at the point of, you. it's practice. Just the same way we practice physical strength, we have to practice mental strength. And then you get stronger over time, but you always have to practice.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really good way to frame it for people it it is it's the comparison to the body is such an important one like because i think a lot of people when you say something like that some people will be intimidated if you say look Mm -hmm. it never goes away you don't all of a sudden you're not just like mentally strong one day and it's over it's a constant practice but go ahead
1: well because you get not you get punched in the face like life punches you in the face all the time (laughs) and then you have to like Back up and like wipe you, wipe the tears, and then you get stronger, and then you get knocked down again, and you gotta get back up. That's I think right. that's why you never arrive there because something's gonna happen. Now, I don't mean literally punch you in the face, right.
0: I hope not. I hope not, too. But sometimes <laughs> Alex gets upset with me, and I gotta duck him. Uh, no, but you're right, and 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 I think um, I, I hope the what's what's uh, potentially consoling to people or, or, or empowering to people is that. Um, the recognition is that the resilience that you're talking about is happening on a new level every time or less. Yeah. That's the way we see it. So like it's yeah. like fitness. The first mm-hmm. time you tried to run a mile, it's hard. And it yeah. doesn't mean the next mile is not going to be hard. It's just going to be not as hard or the challenges will be different. And maybe it's uh, maybe because you are who you are and the, and, and the kids we work with are, are the way they are. Maybe the challenge now is not just to complete the mile, but to hit a certain time. So mm-hmm. the challenges will, will continue to come, but there'll be different sorts of, of challenges, um, and, and it's doable. You, you almost develop a fitness for being resilient in a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Easy, but. Absolutely, and what helps you is knowing that you got up last time. That's right. Like that's, oftentimes, we forget all the shit that we've done and everything we've overcome, and we just get this new challenge and feel like it's overwhelming. Yeah. But when you can look back and say, all right, I've made it through this. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay. I may have to tweak some things, call some different people, but like I can do this. There's no While I'm afraid. like While I'm afraid, though. It's right. not absence of fear. Courage has nothing to do with the absence of fear. It's like, I'm afraid and I'm going to do it because I was afraid before and I did it.
0: Totally. I, and it's not absence of fear. I just wrote that down because that's the truth. I think if people are looking for... Again, like you said, if, like if all of a sudden I've arrived and I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I'm not sure that's the case. If you're never afraid, then you're probably not pushing yourself enough. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- that level will just be at a different
1: level. And I get it, nobody wants to be rejected.
0: I mean, that's part of the
1: fear that's is fair. being
0: rejected. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's totally right. It, we have a line where it's, um, I hope this doesn't sound too meat-headed, but it's like, like t- to get tough, you've gotta do tough things. And it's yeah. obvious enough, but it, you know it, it's that straightforward. If you want to be tough, you got to do mm. tough things. You can't. Mm-hmm. And, and talking tough isn't one of those things. <laughs>
1: yeah. No.
0: That doesn't make you. Look, far.
1: this is funny. I I really hate doing push-ups. I have long arms. They're just not fun. And so this morning. I like committed myself to doing 20 push-ups a day because they're really hard for me. Love it. And I, I like knocked out, barely knocked out seven before I had to do. You know, you go on your knees and you and you do the girl or the modified, not girl, modified push-ups. But yeah, they're tough. So you do it, and you're like, oh, you get a little tougher. You you gain some pride. You feel good
0: about yourself. So I just made a note on eleven six. You did seven consecutive push-ups. We're gonna find up with you. I I have
1: you. I have the video. I, I recorded. It. It. It's painful to watch. When,
0: well, when you get to twenty, we're all gonna celebrate.
1: Okay. <laughs> I cool. Like that.
0: Perfect. Um, yeah, it, it. I I did something recently. So I don't remember who it was. I I always I always toe this line. I wonder. I'm I'm curious where you get some of your motivation for it because I always find myself. Like I, I like to listen to like Navy SEALs or wh- whoever. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, well, the things that we're doing, like you said, it, they're probably lower stakes. I want these kids to have fun. I want, now, I do want to hold them accountable. I do want them to find Absolutely. the next level of themselves. But, but the stakes are different than, than what the Navy SEALs have to go through. True. Um, but one thing I did okay. gain from that was uh, sort of leaning into discomfort with the recognition that growth is just beyond it. And that, that's oh, something that I try to do all the time. And now even so I'm not as fit as I once was, like when I was playing, but every, but now so I'll 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 go jog a mile. I'll go jog mm-hmm. around the city. It's concrete, it's not super comfortable and it's a little cold outside. And yeah. uh, now I don't tip it overboard. I'm not like crazy extreme like that, but as soon as I feel now, I because of this self talk, as soon as it starts to feel uncomfortable, I start to just respond by saying good. And yep. And I'm telling you, that subtle shift, I, I just go a little farther. A little harder, a little farther. It's, it's empowering.
1: Yes, it is. That, that was my life this morning. Look, this is hilarious because it's like 40 degrees. And I've been you know talking to young people. I'm like, all right, I, I am committed to being an adult who's not a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's my commitment. If I'm going to tell these kids I need to do this, I'm going to do this stuff myself. So I go out there in my hoodie. And my like capri running pants. And I realized all the real runners have on gloves. I don't have on gloves. So it's so cold. They have on long pants. I was like, and like my hood doesn't fit over my braids. So my <laughs> braids, uh, it was like, it was the work. My hands are covered in my sleeves, like little kid. It was yeah. so cold. I was like, I said, I'm doing 30 minutes. I'm going to do this 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's going to be painful. And I'm going to do it. And I didn't want to do it but, at all. So, right. I'm so with you, me. man. Well, at least nope. your,
0: your immediate self didn't want to do it. Yes. But your logical self that said, I want to yes. get some. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. It's, you, got, you got to be, that's interesting too, because, you know, we value self-talk. We, we trust ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, but sometimes you got to be skeptical of your immediate thought. Like, because right now, I might want Oreos. I might not want to run, whatever it might be. But, but your sort of more logical self has to talk <laughs> that person into or out of something,
1: it is a war. It is an internal war. Yeah, like everyone I'm like feet to the floor, Angie. Get your feet to the floor, and That's then you get to one. the floor, and then you go. Just okay. get your feet. On the when do floor. you say that? Is that when you wake up? Yes, I open my eyes, feet to the floor. That's a really
0: good one. Oh. Yeah,
1: because we want to be comfortable. Comfort is is our natural state. Yeah. We don't want to be in pain or or be uncomfortable or be pushed. We don't like naturally want to push. It has to be something that
0: we create. I'm Without a doubt. So that's, my question then is, in your life, other than playing basketball, what are some things that have kind of made you feel uncomfortable that you've had to push through and maybe now you feel empowered by?
1: Yeah, gosh. I was in a really difficult relationship.
0: That was hard. Sure. Um
1: Because you, People come in your life, and then they show you who you are, like a reflection of you. And I had to learn how to gain my voice and speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was good at it. Like I thought that I knew how to assert myself, and I thought that I knew how to create boundaries, and I thought that I knew that. But I, but I didn't. And that became really apparent. And then you learn how to take a stand, or you keep getting pumped, right? Mm-hmm. I got some help, like talk to a therapist and like learned, got the language to be able to stand for myself mm-hmm. and it's changed everything had, had that not happened like it was horrible to go through but had that not happened we would not be having this conversation right now
0: yeah and why so you think you'd still be sort of in stuck in the rut of the relationship maybe
1: oh yeah that that's it and i would have i wouldn't have had the courage to reach out to you all i would have had all of this stuff about well maybe they They don't want to talk to me. Maybe I'm not good enough. With all of my background, like the past six months, all the stuff that I've done hasn't changed exponentially. Mm -hmm. And so I just would have never thought that. I think the other thing um, that was really hard, here's the other thing though, even before that, my parents over the past five years (laughs) have had a series of health issues. Mm -hmm. So my mom has had a triple bypass, had a heart attack and triple bypass. Oh, wow. My dad had lung cancer, cancer and a stroke and I'm the youngest in the family so this is like a whole another podcast I but like being the one to take on all of, thinking that I could take on all of that by myself and then crashing financially emotionally physically was hard yeah. and so then this relationship happens and then it's like okay how one how do you ask for help Two, how do you advocate for yourself and three how do you set boundaries so that you can live the highest and truest version of yourself Without a doubt. So so this is like a whole renewed life for me right now.
0: (laughs) Uh, So support, advocacy, and and setting boundaries. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. It is. Do you think your career as a high-level athlete somehow prepared you to manage all that? Because that sounds like you had a lot on your plate.
1: Man, you have no idea. So (laughs) I think that it gave me the confidence that I could take it on. Mm -hmm. There was no doubt, like, oh, mom, you need this. I got you, dad, you need this. I, I can I can handle it. What I, what I wasn't prepared for was to be vulnerable enough to say, this is really hard and I need help yeah. from my siblings, even to mom and dad. I just, as an athlete, you're trained to find a way to get it done mm-hmm. at the expense of your physical and emotional well-being. And so, um, yes, it prepared me to take it on. But not necessarily, I didn't have the tools to communicate when things weren't going well.
0: So you just identified, I think, the core of the work we do. So Good Athlete <laughs> Project is also an acronym for, it says, it's spelled out, GAP. Like, And filling that gap is a yeah. really important part of the work we do. We do a lot of professional development, coaching of coaches, team workshops, things like that. But. It sounds like you got some good, but not as much good as you could have from your athletic career, and I promise you no disrespect to whoever your coaches were or anything like that, but um, to become empowered by an athletic career is really, really important. Use the word tools before. We think that um, either implicitly or probably more importantly, explicitly, like actually name them, I I think we as coaches have to name the sorts of tools that need to be like fostered and built through an athletic career and then I stories like like the one you just shared I think those need to be more frequent like and and be, because it's like and here's where you might need to use it someday you know we talk about the this abstraction of you know you, you, um we want to create better um you know, better, uh, we, we have young people, we wanna create better better business people and maybe husbands and fathers someday, you'll hear that on the football field and community mm-hmm. members and stuff like that. But, and, and I believe in the impulse, but the question is the operation, how, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so how do you navigate, you know, difficult situations with health of parents? How do you navigate difficult relationships or financial times? Mm-hmm. All that yeah. can be done in sports, but it's not automatically done in sports.
1: You're right on point with that, it's not. I- and i always wonder like whose responsibility is it is it only the coaches at the high school level is it the athletic directors is at the collegiate level is it the you know life skills person who is whose responsibility is it to help teach these other skills and some things you can't even prepare for like you think you can but when you're in it you're like you realize that you need something you can lean on because every situation is different the, the other thing I wanna say that is key is really knowing who you are mm. and being like getting clear about what makes you go. I didn't do that type of introspection until things started to go array. And I feel like some of it, some of what I've gone through could have been mitigated had I done that deep introspection mm. and learned how to be brutally honest with myself.
0: Ooh. Tell me more about that. That's tough. You know the name Jocko Willink, by the way? He's become kind of famous. You gotta look this person. No. Up. Jocko How you spell that, Alex? J-O-C-O W I L L I N K. He's kind of he seems like a really good guy. Kind of a meathead, so don't be afraid when you first hear it.
2: Oh, J-O-C-K-O, my bad. J-O-C-K o C K O
0: C K O. Yeah. Um, okay. and his, his concept is extreme ownership, but it sounds like, so you got a brutal. Oh,
1: brutal. yes. I have that. the book. Yes.
0: Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So tell us what that looks like with you. Brutally honest with yourself.
1: Oh, take responsibility for everything. So I, I don't believe in making excuses or blaming other people for any situation in your life. I take a really hard look in the mirror and say, all right, here's the decision that I made. This was a really bad decision for me or this was a good decision. So we can't fix that on everything we don't do right. That's a, that's an unhealthy imbalance. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of shit well. But there's some things that, you know, you know, it's not not all that great. And that's so right. you have to be willing to ask for help and own it,
0: you know. I, yeah I, I do know I feel the same way and, and I'll tell you that's probably the conversation we have more often than not so I don't want to keep coming back to the work we do but it but it's just amazing how much what you're saying aligns with the work we do because like you can imagine especially when you get to the higher levels business owners high achieving athletes etc it's like and this it's a totally natural human thing but they don't necessarily want to admit that they're wrong they don't want to admit that, the, that there are concerns it takes it like you use the word it's, it's a great deal of vulnerability and uh, and brutal honesty to come to grips with that and i think one of the you know the, the shame of it is that it takes such a, a big step to get to that place i, I wish you know in healthy organizations there the, you you work to create a culture that is free of like you said blaming and complaining and stuff like that. And it's more of just a judgment-free analysis of the situation. Mm-hmm. I believe you when you say you do a lot of shit well. I believe that, 100%. I've seen it even just in this conversation and, and from what we've seen um, in you know your book and, and TV spots and all that, I believe it. And But to say that there's no place to get better, not only, and here, here's kind of where we think about it, not only is that just inaccurate, of course, mm-hmm. but it also limits your growth. So yeah. in some ways being brutally honest is one of the ultimate forms of optimism because like yeah. the best out there can still get better. That's
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a pain. It was painful getting here. Like I had to crash and burn hmm. to get to this point where you don't have a choice but to say, all right, all right, like what's, what's the deal? What, what do I need to do? And, and hmm. what am I missing? You know? Yeah. It takes, it takes, and I, I could be a bit stubborn, you know. I was the per like the <laughs> person you just mentioned. Like you don't want to admit your fault. To yeah, I was that person for a while, just because I know how much I did well. You know, I knew how much I did right. So right. to get criticism about an area, whether it's communication or um, lack of vulnerability, or even um, self-reliance, even those things, I just didn't want want to own it. it didn't, at some point in life, you
0: don't have a choice. <laughs> but You gotta own it. I, you're right, and I, and I will say though, uh, just to push back a little, you did have a choice. You could have gone True. the other way. You could have sort of indulged in all that kind of stuff, and you, you had to make the tough decision to own some of that stuff. And and it sounds like that's that's the first step on the road to growth, though. Is that fair?
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. You're right. I did have to choose to own it. I could have just soaked and drank my life away or done a bunch of other things when when it got tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. And, that, and it happens. And you almost like we do our, you know, you try not to judge people for that too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but, uh, but you certainly chose an admirable road. So, um, mm-hmm. I like it. Do we have, what's what's next for you? Before I hand you off, over to Alex for what we like to call the lightning round, which is okay. exciting and I hope you are sitting down.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm here for it.
0: What, what's, what's up for you next? Do you have any uh, <laughs> workshops, coaching things? What's on the ride? Do you have another book in the works? What's your plan?
1: Oh, I have so much goodness. There's so much goodness happening. I love the that. The first thing, I don't know when this will air, but Next week, I'll yeah. be in Toronto, headed to Toronto to the International Women's Forum. Love it. And, oh, It is this amazing event, hundreds of women leaders from all over the world, but before the forum, I'm doing these three-day workshops with the Women Athlete Business Network. So it's this group of elite former female athletes from all over the world, and we're having a five-year reunion. I was in cohort four, so I'm giving a presentation to the cohort around writing your story, hmm. so I'm going to teach them how to write a book and share their story. We might even—I have something in store for them that they don't know is happening. We might even write a book of our cohort. Their stories are amazing. So that's next week, and then I'm going to—I'm um, going to New York to um, speak. I'm going to visit a friend, but then I'm going to speak at her school in New York. And I recently published, sometimes publication, mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, I published The Fundamental Game Plan. Love it. Every basketball player's academic and athletic success tracker. So the idea is, a lot of parents will to me they want their kids to have more confidence. Mm-hmm. However, they don't track what they're doing. So they have no idea if they need to make adjustments. So, so this publication allows them to Manage what they have going on at school. See when they have games and try games and practices. In addition, there's a sh- shot chart in there where they can like, track what they're doing and um, build confidence. I
0: think it's cool. You, 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 it's funny. You have to see it. I get th- yep. you know. I like. Um, do you find that to be true, Alex? Too. I think like you can go through experience and get better, but it, but if you can like document it and reflect, yeah. I think that's really empowering.
1: Yep. So imagine this. Imagine you set. A kid sets a goal to make 500 shots a week. Yeah. After a month, you've made 2,000 shots. If I'm going into a game and I know I've made 2,000 shots, you can't tell me nothing, man. Like I'm letting that baby fly. Yeah. And then over the course of the year, you made 24,000 shots, like documented 24,000 shots, which means you probably shot Mm 48,000. Law of averages in terms of basketball, man, Mm -hmm. please. So that's the idea.
0: I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Like a tangible thing you can refer back to and, and be mm-hmm. empowered by. I love it. So people gotta check you out. What's uh before I pass this off, what's the where do people find that? What's your website?
1: AngelaRlewis.com.
0: And do you have a Instagram or Twitter or anything like that?
1: Absolutely. So Instagram and Twitter. A Lewis underscore speaks. I like it. A Lewis Speaks. Yep. So if there are athletes out there, every day I do like a It's virtual mentoring. There are all these kids that I know who are in college. They're playing college ball and I've known them since they were little. I was like, so I just post every day something that comes to mind or a conversation I have with them. I like it. The motivation for them.
0: I love that. Well, we're gonna gonna check that out. But uh, for (laughs) now,
2: the lightning round. The lightning round. All right, we'll jump right in. So you yourself are an author I am curious what your favorite book is that is unrelated to your field.
1: I like, I really liked Good to Great. I liked Good to Great. So that's not basketball related,
2: it's yeah. Uh, Jim Collins, right? Yes. What was the first concert you ever attended?
1: Oh, <laughs> that's such a great question. <laughs> the first concert I ever attended was H-Town and Escape. It was so much fun. I was like 13 years old and my mom, who's 40 years older than me, my mom, when she was 40, attended the concert with me. I thought she was the coolest ever. You know, like H Town, they did all those hip gyrations, and it was completely <laughs> ridiculous. But my mom, at 53, was right by my side. It's
2: pretty cool. <clears throat> this is, a, 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 as a total side note, I'm starting to see that maybe one of the questions we should ask, especially if we have people on that our parents are, what is? Sorry, Lisa
0: nice? Yes.
2: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I feel like if we we should ask parents the first concert they attended in support of their kids, because that seems to be an interesting question. (laughs) Um, And your moms would be H-Town and Escape. I like it. That's Uh,
0: good.
2: What is your, or one of your fondest youth sports memories? And I would also like to hear one of your fondest memories from your college and pro career as well.
1: Sure. Fondest youth sport memories is... We, My team made it to AAU Nationals in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And the side note is growing up, we only traveled two places, Memphis, Tennessee via Greyhound, Mambayu, Mississippi via Greyhound bus. So it wasn't until we started playing basketball that my entire family started to go places where family didn't live. So the first place was Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and I remember walking through the um, parking lots and seeing all of the license plates from all over the country, and I was like, "Wow, that is um, that's incredible." There's people everywhere. So that was my fondest memory. As a collegiate athlete, we were, <laughs> this is we went to Puerto Rico, and we played against the University of Tennessee. At that time, Pat Summit was still alive, and I gave my team like this rah-rah pregame speech. I heard something about, like, you only have to be better than them for 40 minutes. And so, like, that was, I was a junior at the time. So that was my speech. She was like, we only have to be better than them for 40 minutes. Within the first four minutes of the game, Pat calls a timeout. Because we came out strong as hell, man. After that timeout, they just kicked our ass. Like, killed (laughs) us. (laughs) Killed us. But we hang our hats on. We got her to call a timeout. Yeah. So that was one of my fondest memories, Pat yeah. called a timeout. You're because perfect. of the great pre-game speech, and we were ready, we were so hyped up.
2: Just, you just got um, 36 minutes left to go. You, you Exactly.
1: <laughs> we were good before,
2: there we were we good go. before.
1: If uh, we could stop the game there, man. <laughs> <laughs> that- um, oh, sorry, go professionally, ahead. Professionally, so when I was in Germany, the one great experience was um, we, went to, we went to the North Pole. We went to um, Finland, Sweden, we went to Sweden. We were so far north. There were signs that said the North Pole. We saw reindeer. So that was like real rain, not Rudolph. They, they do not look like Rudolph. They're not that cute. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool being at the North Pole.
2: Is there a pro athlete who's playing currently who you look to as, you know, you talk a lot about balance and you talk a lot about um, essentially just not letting basketball be the only thing that defines you uh, or whatever your sport may be. Is there a pro mm-hmm. athlete that you look to now who you think embodies that really well, who maybe you advise some of your the students that you work with, like, hey, look at this person?
1: It's hard not to love LeBron, man. What LeBron has done in terms of his foundation, building the school. I've read somewhere now that he's having housing, what they've done with the uninterrupted and sharing out these stories. What LeBron has done is really special. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. of course he's incredible. That helps. <laughs> it does, it makes everything else go well.
2: Uh, so in the in the same vein of this idea of balance, um, we have this idea that we call kind coaches. And it's those coaches who are able to balance that toughness and that kindness at the same time. Uh, an idea that you and Jim alluded to earlier uh, when talking about your mother specifically. Um, I'm wondering if there's a coach who comes to mind in your life that you had that was able to balance that really well.
1: Yeah, Coach Ty Evans. He's the first one that comes to mind. He's now at Auburn University. And I remember during bus trips, he would like come to the back of the bus and sit and talk to us. That didn't happen. Or usually, you know, coaches just sit together. Or even when we would have meals on the road in the morning, he talked to us and everybody had a nickname. It didn't matter if you were the best player, if you played 40 minutes a game, or if you didn't play any, everybody had a nickname. And when I talked to my former teammates, everyone can point to something he said that made us laugh. And he just, he loved the game, but he, you could tell that he loved us
2: even more. That's great shout out ty evans yeah he's a good guy all right we're gonna uh end on this one so you are absolutely a leader in this field and i am wondering if you have advice to a future leader who is hoping to embark on a similar journey to yours
1: don't have my journey like whatever vision you have for yourself whatever divine vision that comes to you Go chase that and move closer to that every day. I got off path when I started trying to like, do what other people thought I should do, or what I think, what I thought it would be acceptable for me to do, but it wasn't in alignment. Like just stay the course, you know, just stay. My advice was just keep, the vision that you see, just keep going towards that. And you're gonna like make, it's, it's not a straight line though. God, Lord knows, like, it'll be some squiggles and some flips and some turns, but if you keep seeing it, then keep going towards it, regardless of, you know, the left and right turns that happen. And U-turns, <laughs> you make some U-turns sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> End of the lightning round. Nailed Yay. it. Nailed it. All right, well, so listen, thank
0: you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything that you're putting into the world. Um, I, I think it's inspiring. It's, um, I'm, again, sort of taken aback by by how much alignment there was, especially in the early uh, part of the conversation. It just seems, um, it's just really refreshing and good to hear. And I'm glad that this work is going on in St. Louis. So
1: Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's RemindRecover.com, and when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it. Use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.